This podcast is produced by VAAG, an Amsterdam organization exploring the overlap between art, technology, and community in order to create positive social change and make the way that we live more open, fair, and inclusive. Welcome to Seed Memory, a podcast that wonders whether heritage and ecology can come together. My name is Harry Reddick. As we navigate the age of coronavirus, a common sentiment is one of wanting to return to normal, or more accurately, wanting to transition to the new normal, a phrase that you've probably heard. What should this new normal look like? Normal could and should be better than it was, we could have stronger communities, and we should have a more harmonious relationship with the planet we live on. This podcast looks at how we might be able to achieve these goals via ideas in the worlds of heritage and environmentalism. So what do we mean when we say heritage or environmentalism? In this podcast, we look to heritage to help us understand questions of identity, collective memory, the way we understand ourselves, and the way we relate to others as part of that understanding. That's because heritage is not just about buildings, monuments, museums, and that sort of thing. It's about practices, behaviours, commonality between different people, and it's about the emotions that all of these different heritages create in the individual. When I refer to what is often described as the environment, I will refer to it instead as the natural world. The natural world just means everything that is living on Earth. So, of course, we are as much part of that as every plant, landscape, animal and organism. We often think of our societies and our cities as something which we don't need to consider the natural world for, except as a resource. But the natural world is not an environment which humans are distinct from and can therefore utilise for our own humanistic ends. If we think of the natural world as intertwined with ourselves, that will help us to preserve it. We can think of it as a community, just like the communities in which you and I might live. And actually, that's a good way to think about what this podcast seeks to do. Seed Memory wants to look at the role the natural world can play in making our heritage, and by extension our communities, more inclusive, cooperative and ecologically minded. And we'll do that by looking at people and organisations which have a relationship with one or both of heritage and the natural world, with the ideas highlighted showing us how to move into this new normal where the natural world can be part of our communities. The way we are organised in cities, where about two-thirds of the world's population will live by 2050, doesn't always allow us to live in a way that lets us connect more deeply with our local community and with the natural world. So the question is, how can the space in a city best be used? This is the main contextual question we will explore in this episode. Many factors come into play when we think about how our urban spaces are planned. There are the pragmatics, what is the space going to be used for, how can it be built or developed, what problems might arise. Then, of course, there's the question of economics. What will construction cost? And where do we prioritise budgeting? Who will be able to afford to live there? Where will people work? 
and what will they work as? Then there's the issue of aesthetics. Is it, can it, should it even be beautiful? Should it just be useful rather than aesthetically pleasing? And on top of that, you have the problem of culture. What happens when a space or structure or area holds particular importance to a certain community? What about if multiple communities feel a connection to an area, but in different ways? How can all of these personal connections be managed? And further still, there is the question of the environmental impact. How can new developments be ecologically sustainable and beneficial? So it's clear that when planning a city, there are many things to think about. Let's say the city planners prioritise luxury flats over social housing in a redevelopment or try to turn a historic green space into a supermarket. These choices of prioritising might lead citizens to feel that their experience of living in the city is missing something. This can lead to groups taking the initiative themselves and beginning citizen-led projects, which try to address what they feel is missing. One example of this kind of project is in Paris, where citizens wanted to make ecology a part of the cityscape. They hoped that by doing this, they could work towards creating la ville comestible, the edible city, and with it make the marriage of the natural world and the city fit in a way that seems normal. That project is called Verges Urbains, or Urban Orchards in English, and I contacted one of their organizations to find out about the work that they do and the communities that they connect. My name is Leon and I'm working in an organization called Verges Urbain, which means uh, urban orchards. So basically we're doing uh, urban agriculture in Paris. Well, there's actually two ideas in, in the, the philosophy of Verges Urbain. It's the, firstly the reappropriation of public space by the citizens. And secondly, the transition of cities. It's um, the idea of inventing the cities of tomorrow to be more ecological and able to face contemporary and future challenges. Verges Urbain began life in the 18th arrondissement of Paris as a citizen project where neighbors quite simply wanted to start gardening together. Ever since then, they've continued to grow these mini plots of urban ecology into other neighborhoods all over the city in many different kinds of space. Basically, they developed this idea, which is the core of uh, Verge Urbain. It's uh, fruit trees planted in wooden tubs, a lot of them, if possible, to make cities greener and more fertile. It depends on uh, on what kind of soil uh, we get, because it, it, it depends on the space we have, on the depth uh, of uh, ground we can have. When it's in open ground, we can grow some um, some high stem trees like uh, apple trees or uh, or things like this. But when when it's uh, in tubs, it's more like bushes, like uh, rasp raspberry trees. And what Verges Urbain is doing is not in itself unique. Plenty of urban gardening projects exist all over the world. But what's interesting about Verges Urbain? is that what they grow, the urban orchards of their name, is only one part of their story. Because their mission is as much about the creation and sharing of skills between groups. After all, they're comprised of various people from different backgrounds, some of an agricultural nature and others not. But working together on an ecological project, and so combining a do-it-yourself attitude with expert knowledge and guidance. It is, in itself, a kind of heritage, in the form of gardening culture, 
and they managed to combine this with the maintenance of a living and ongoing relationship with the built and green heritage of the city of Paris. It helps population reappropriate the urban space and reconnect with the food they eat. It's not that much about reaching food autonomy. It's rather learning specific skills, such as planting in a very dense urban setting, how to organize as a group. It's really about thinking of a new way to inhabit the cities rather than really achieving complete food autonomy. About the built heritage of Paris, there's mainly three things. Mainly, we invest the foot of existing alignment trees on the street, which is a part of Paris' identity, with parcels of two meters by two, which integrates in the urban landscape. But also in Paris, the work we do often uh, often fits in recesses and shifts, which are created by late urban planning policies from the 50s or 60s. Uh, these recesses are largely invested and appropriated uh, since uh, since this. Spaces are often misused, and so our activities partly determined by that specific heritage. Incidentally, if you, like me, weren't familiar with the architectural term recesses, it just means the small space that is created when building part of a wall further back than the rest. Imagine a little space, perhaps in the shape of a cube, cut out of a wall where you could place a planter and grow a raspberry bush. So, in this case, the places in which Vergers about are able to plant and grow are often the direct result of the mid-20th century design of Parisian-built heritage. Aside from that, speaking to Leandre also indicated to me that one of the crucial aspects of what Vergers Urbain has been doing is the inclusion of the local community who are encouraged to participate in the project. Serves the purpose of creating connections within the population, overtending to the place together, but also to create new connections between, uh, not only between humans, but also with uh, other species, like with animals. I don't mean animals, but biodiversity in general. And it also improves the overall living environment for everybody. From my point of view, the, the involvement of the people is a really important aspect. Roughly, the best experiences we have are when people are and stay involved in the project, and the less good experiences are when people are there at the beginning, but they don't take in, into consideration the involvement required, and they start to neglect uh, the plants. The result of this community encouragement, then, is the spark of new relationships between people and ecology. As an organisation... Vergers Urbain's growth isn't something that happened entirely organically. It's also the result of wider changes in social and political life. It's specifically tied to factors like climate change activism. Consider the prominence, for example, of Extinction Rebellion in the global news agenda over the last year or so. This is combined with the popularization of regreening initiatives from discussions like that surrounding the book Wilding by Isabella Tree, in which she describes the remarkable transformation that occurred when a farm in West Sussex was reassimilated and overgrown with nature. In this way, Vergers Urbain's popularity is linked to the fact that ecological thinking has entered, or at least approached, the mainstream. On the people's part and also on the public action part, because there are more and more initiatives from uh, the district halls and also from the town hall of, of Paris. But uh, yeah, yeah, we, we feel that people getting more and more interested in this and it becomes uh, more and more mainstream because the way that kind of activity shapes the city makes people start to see the city differently. So with Vergers Urbain's work comes a tying together of the wider political backdrop with the local urban context, where people begin to see the benefits of allowing biodiversity in urban space. 
But Verges Urbain's work is not only about reappropriating presently occupied urban space and making the natural world part of that cityscape. Their work also relates to the former sites of industry, which have fallen into decay and disrepair after the general shift in Europe, away from industrial production economies to service-providing ones. These sites comprise much of European industrial heritage and history, and yet often sit awkwardly between demolition and preservation, until someone comes up with something innovative to do with them, as Verges Urbain have been able to do. So we are, we'll actually be working on a project uh, which is based of a form of hybridation. It aims to reuse a, a portion of the old railway that is circling Paris, which is called uh, La Petite Ceinture. It means the small belt because uh, it's circling the city. It's in this industrial space uh, that's uh, reused and valorized, and it's going to be turned into um, uh, quite a bit awkward. So it was formerly an industrial space, and then it's become a new urban wasteland, and it's to be a space of cultivation and wandering. So both about cultivation on the sunny part of the site, and also preserving and fostering local wildlife, because uh, there's a part which is gonna let ground uh, wild and free, so that biodiversity can thrive. Uh, I might say quite a challenge because there's a lot of space and uh, lots of structures. Uh, I think that that can be reused. It's it's in the north of uh, of Paris, and uh, it's uh, it's a part of Paris which has lots of old uh, industrial heritage. I think it's really interesting to be reusing that kind of stuff to give a kind of new face to uh, to the neighborhood. Berger's Urban then show us one way that we can respond to our industrial legacies by allowing them to become hotbeds of biodiversity. In a future episode, we'll return to this idea of reusing industrial heritage and examine some of the issues surrounding it, such as class and inclusivity, as well as the ways in which people interpret and respond to these problems. For this episode, we can return to that key question we've been driving at. How can space be used in the city? Who is it for? Berger's Urban's approach expands that question by asking, where does the natural world fit into this use of space? By reappropriating public space as an ecological project, Verges Urban doesn't only encourage ecological thinking, but places us as part of the biodiversity of the natural world. It also encourages collectivization and the building of community which champions people over profit, solidarity over solitude. I think that what inspires me is uh, in the way we uh, we work is the, that there's a particular philosophy. It's the form of a collective uh, and uh, what comes with it. It's mainly a horizontal operating mode uh, as well as a kind of activist spirit. I think this kind of of organization is in some sense the the way to go rather than the, the business model, uh, the enterprising model. In sense of in in some way it comes from just gardeners that wanted to work together and it grew in uh, in something where they developed their uh, their own, own job uh, while deconstructing uh, pre-made categories for, for jobs they kind of created hybrid kind of works so the uh, the counterpart is is that it's a really enjoyable work uh, very challenging but absolutely worth it in some way not only do we uh, build gardens for, for them but we try to uh, to teach them how to organize and to uh, basically to reconnect over gardening it's just meet your neighbors and uh, garden together cook together uh, uh, share your skills uh, share, share your means and everything where I see the beauty of Verges Urbain's work, then, is not just to do with their reappropriation of public space, the built-in industrial heritage of Paris. It's also about these connections that we've spoken about, 
between members of the community, the intangible side of heritage, which may not have a physical form, but matters enormously for how identities are formed in groups within certain spaces and cities. By reusing old heritage then, they encourage the creation of a new heritage, which emphasizes a coexistence with ecology, as well as the emotional call of living together. One of the phrases which stuck out to me most from speaking with Leandre was this notion of creating the cities of tomorrow. Clearly, if we want to face up to the environmental and social challenges that we face, the outcome of projects like Verges Urbain need to become expected the everyday, not an outlier and a source of inspiration for how things could be different, but simply what we think of as normal. This has been Seed Memory, with me, Harry Reddick, and I'm a master's student in the School of Heritage and Memory at the University of Amsterdam. In future weeks, we'll dig deeper into the relationship between heritage, ecology, and community. Our great thanks to Leandre from Verges Urbain for agreeing to be interviewed. You can find out more about them at vergesurbain.org. Our thanks too to Anton Pearson, Lewis Shields, and Dano Songs, who composed the music used in this episode as well as Dick, Anna, Nana, Pam, Che, Chais, Richard, and everyone else at Vach who helped make this podcast possible, either through their contributions, ideas, or feedback, or just generally through creating a positive and inspiring working environment.